Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another episode of Real Presence Live. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer from the Diocese of Fargo joining you today from the uh, near Southside Historic District in beautiful downtown Grand Forks, North Dakota. Father Leffer, good morning. Good morning, Father Gross. It is awesome to be on air with you. It is great to be here with you, too. And uh, as with all important things, let's go ahead and start out with a prayer, if you would do the honors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father in heaven, we praise you, we worship you, we adore you, we glorify you. Uh, Father, this morning we come before you, uh, just on my heart and my mind, I think of uh, the people who were killed in the storms last evening in Missouri and the destruction that people experienced. We ask your your mercy, the Divine Spirit, to be upon them and help them and assist them uh, this morning uh, with all of their needs. All of those who are in need this, this morning in our listening area, we thank you for the timely rain for our farmers and our crops. Um, Heavenly Father, we ask you now, send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations. Open us up to your living word, Jesus Christ, who is with us in these final days before his ascension. Help us to come to know him and to become him in this world. We ask all this through Christ our Lord, and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well said, Father. We certainly um, join our hearts and prayers to uh, those in the, the Southern Plains who have been dealing with uh, tornadoes and related uh, catastrophes and flooding um, all week long here and uh, throughout uh, more of the spring season. Well, we have some great conversations on tap. And so before we launch into those, let's get a preview of what's coming up as we turn things over to Aaron and Command Central. Good morning, Aaron. Well, good morning. How are you guys? So far, so good. Like I always say, not too bad for a middle-aged fat balding guy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to know because I couldn't see you. You look. I mean, you look great. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a fun show coming up today. We've got in this first hour Jan Fetrel, and she'll be talking to us about a fun event coming up. The uh, she'll be from the Catholic Community Foundation of Eastern South Dakota. And we'll be looking forward to that here. We've also got Straight Talk with Father Gross and Father Leffer. If you have any questions for him, please feel free. You know, even one of those that they say stump, excuse me, stump the priest, that would be something to either father or uh, to either fathers. Then in the second hour, we've got Carolyn Seabills talking about the beautiful gift of life and her nursing experience for over almost 50 years. Then we've got some great events coming up We've uh, with the 10-minute tour. And Father Mike Schmitz, we look forward to him. He's going to be talking about the exercise, is it too much? Is there such thing as too much? And finally, Marilyn Baker and Diane Johnson, they'll be talking about a, an apostolate that's coming to their area 
All this coming up right here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much, Aaron. We'll look forward to hearing from you later on. And uh, there are some great uh, opportunities that we have for you to uh, uh, ask us uh, those questions that are uh, burning uh, within you that you're wondering about uh, the faith or any aspect of the church. 877-795-0122 is the number to call. When we get to that segment later on in the hour, we also invite you to leave uh, questions on the Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. So for now, let's focus our attention on the Diocese of Sioux Falls and the wonderful work that's happening there with regard to calling a young men to priestly vocations. And we're privileged to have with us Jan Federal. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, good morning. Thank you. It's great to have you with us today. Um, we'll be talking about uh, some events coming up and the uh, opportunities to uh, get to know seminarians a little bit better. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the role that you play there at the Foundation? Absolutely. A little bit about, about myself. I, uh, first of all, am a wife and a mother and a grandmother to two beautiful children. And um, my role here at the um, Catholic Community Foundation is I'm the director of special events, which means I plan what we call our Bishop's Charity Events. And we do seven different events throughout the year, and um, we selected various ministries that we support um, when we when we do these events, and so the one that we'll be talking about in a little bit will be supporting seminary and education, for example. And so we're, we're a busy force planning events, and, and the purpose of these events are just to bring people together throughout the diocese to celebrate um, together um, the fact that we're Catholic and the fact that we have the opportunity to, to do these events, and, and then again, of course, supporting the various ministries. So, Jen, you, you've piqued my interest. What You said there's seven events throughout the year. What would what, Could you just list some of those events, give our listeners an idea what, what those are? Yeah, absolutely. We do um, what's called the Gift of Hope concert, and uh, that's our, our kickoff for the year, calendar year. And uh, it's a concert where we bring in a performer. Um, you know, we've brought in the likes of Matt Marr, Mark Schultz, and whatnot. Um, and um, we present concerts for the... Um, the beneficiary of that is Catholic Family Services Gift of Hope Fund, which provides opportunities for individuals to receive um, counseling and support services offered through Catholic Family Services without um, you know, being concerned about not being able to, to afford or, or pay the fees associated with that. Another one that we'll be talking about shortly is the, uh, the Bishop's Fishing Tournament, so I'll bypass that one. We do a golf tournament, the Bishop's Cup, and um, we bring together individuals for a day of fun on two premier golf courses here in Sioux Falls, and um, uh, we do a, a bishop's hunt, and uh, we. No, do is that where you, you track down? Is that where you track down the bishop? No, 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 Father. We just. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let's just clarify things here for everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're probably the only one of the only dioceses that the our bishop will actually. Um, Trade in as Catholics and put on um, some blaze orange and head to the field with a gun. And um, um, although Bishop Swain is starting to back off from shooting anything, but uh, <laughs> um, he's still present. And but we, we go to this hunting lodge for a two-day event and and it's fellowship. It's, it's mass. It's, it's just a beautiful opportunity. I, I once had uh, I once Jan. I once had a, a really good priest friend who was an avid hunter, and he was in a in a situation where it was more urban setting in the 
and you know, and so there were some like uh, animal rights activists and stuff. And and I asked him, I said, "Aren't you concerned about this? Isn't it? You know, do you, you think you should be more sensitive?" Because he would talk boldly about it. <laughs> His response always was, "It's very important that the people of God know that their priests can kill." <laughs> 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 yes, indeed. Oh. Well, we are looking at the uh, near term um, at the uh, support that we're giving to seminarians, and um, that's why we're grateful to have you uh, on with us uh, this morning, Jan, to, to highlight this. I think there's that old saying where God doesn't uh, call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Uh, and we think about the 12, for example, regular men who are doing everyday day tasks, fishermen, tax collectors, things like that. Um, how do you think your event kind of helps um, people relate better to the seminarians rather than to think of them as some sort of remote, holy class that they can't relate to very well? You know, and that is such a beautiful question. And um, it's what we do is an opportunity we bring. We invite our seminarians to join us for this particular event and where they can walk among the people and and just interact, and 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 the, the attendees get to see, you know what, these really are just everyday human individuals, young men, um, some of them a little goofy, some of them a little serious, just like you and I, and it's just a, um, a great opportunity for them to, to see the, the humanness and the compassion and, and, and really just fall in love with these men and want to support them. Absolutely. And we're, we're in the season where um, seminaries coming to an end for the year. A lot of them are coming back to the diocese and some of them mm -hmm. are going into summer programs and, and, and so forth. And um, so, Jan, do you yourself, um, do you get to know the, the seminarians of South Dakota there in a personal way uh, kind of a thing? Very, or? Yes, yes, very much so. And um, I, I consider that one of the greatest blessings of what I do is the opportunity to spend that time with these young men and um, really get to know them. And um, we have a great story out of our diocese where uh, years ago a young man started, his parents started taking him to this bishop's fishing tournament, and he got to play one-on-one -on -one basketball with a seminarian at that time. And it really enlightened him to realize that, you know what, that person's not much unlike me, and I could be one of them. And today he's studying um, and discerning for the priesthood. So... It's, it's a great opportunity for these young young folks in particular to see and, and meet and, and be inspired by these individuals. You know, that that reminds me as well, like I'm thinking back, uh, we used, our bishop used to be Bishop James Sullivan, and there was these events throughout the diocese, and there was this one, it was scheduled every year, and there was a particular parish where it would take place, and there was this particular family that would always volunteer and help, and their, their son was six years old, and by, by the time he turned 18, because that normal interaction with, with the bishop, um, he actually entered the seminary and was inspired by that. Just that, just the availability to be around and and to get familiar with holy orders. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, for those who are just tuning in here for our Real Presence Live episode today, we are speaking with Jan Fetrell from the uh, Diocese of Sioux Falls, uh, the Catholic Community Foundation of Eastern South Dakota, uh, talking about seminarians and supporting seminarians and what uh, kinds of things they're doing in the local diocese. Before we talk about these events, uh, give us a little bit of a thumbnail sketch of how things are going. I presume that there are candidates to be ordained priests uh, this year for your diocese? Yes, yes, we're excited. I'm just fresh out of a meeting. We're talking about um, we'll, we will have one individual ordained to the priesthood um, next week, 
and um, and we have two individuals that are going to be become transitional deacons um, one next week and then one in the fall in Rome. And so our diocese is elated to be able to celebrate these fine um, three mm-hmm. young men as as they continue their journey. Yes. Could could you shout out their names to us if we want to hold them in prayer? Those those three Absolutely. individuals. Absolutely. Um, Deacon Timothy Cohn will be the individual that will be um, uh, ordained as a priest, and um, Michael Michael Kaplan is the individual that will be um, become a transitional deacon. Excellent, and we definitely will join with the uh, good people in the Diocese of Sioux Falls and continuing to pray for them and for all of the seminarians. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, events that are coming up here, Jan. Can you give us a preview of these? I guess they're in Big Stone City and in Pier, correct? Correct, correct, and they're fishing tournaments. And, um, you know, um, we kind of coin it with, you know, we're um, fishers of men. You know, Jesus called the Twelve to be fishers of men. And um, this is just a, a great opportunity. It's a unique event, and um, uh, we, we kind of do two back-to-back um, events, one on um, Monday, June 3rd, and the second one on Monday, June 10th, the first in Big Stone, as you said. And um, it's a day of fishing and fun and fellowship. The days, both days start out with, um, with the fishing tournament, and then about 2.30, the boats come in, we do weigh-in, and then those that aren't fishermen will join us, and um, and these are people from throughout the diocese that come together. A bishop will be there. We'll celebrate mass outdoors, lakeside, um, and it's just it's so beautiful. Will, and will, then we have a bishop, social time. Yep, go will, ahead. Will Bishop Paul Swain? Will he he fish himself? Will he be part of the tournament? He 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 himself doesn't fish, but he gets on a boat and um, goes about the the. Um, the various boats of so the lake and thanks individuals. Is he like Jesus? Will he go out there and say, "No, no, throw the net over on the right side or throw it on the left side"? Does he? <laughs> does he direct them? He'd be, the first, he'd be the first to say, "I know nothing about fishing," and uh, no, I, I'm not Jesus, so I don't know anything. <laughs> oh, so may, maybe a holy cheerleader is what Bishop is. <laughs> That's and, and, exactly right. That's right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's a way you of. Yeah, it's a way of spending time with your seminarians. It's a way of enjoying nature. And uh, for those listeners who are from other parts of the area, uh, South Dakota really identifies with the um, Missouri River dividing things essentially in half. So East River and West River. So for the event on June 10th in Pier, uh, they're launching from the uh, east side of, of the river shore. And when Rapid City does their tournament, they launch from the west side. So uh, right. try to keep things uh, you know, somewhat separate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You bet. And maybe someday we'll, we'll all fish together. You know, but we're, <laughs> we'll stay on the east, and they can stay on the west. <laughs> right. Right. So just and and for frame of reference, Big Stone City. That's um in the northeastern portion of uh, South Dakota, not far from the former Blue Cloud Abbey. Right. Uh, up in mm-hmm. that area. That's okay. right. Yes. So June 3rd, which is only two weeks away, is the event in Big Stone City. That is a Monday, right? And then June 10th is the following Monday in Pierce, South Dakota. And what other things, particular things happen at each each, uh, event besides the fishing, uh, getting on the water? You bet, you bet, you bet. And as I said, um, after they come in off the water, we we celebrate Mass with Bishop and have some social time. And then um, we have an outdoor prime rib dinner. And um, 
Uh, now, now is, Jan, Jan, I didn't, yes. I didn't know that fish had ribs. Is that where? Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did talk one time about. Well, should we just uh, grill all the fish? Like the fishermen catch them. It's like, gosh, what if they don't have a good day? And, exactly. It you know, takes we, a lot of faith. Don't know that take we a lot of faith. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So think of it as a backup plan, you know, with the, the <laughs> yeah, prime exactly, rib and refrigerated exactly. and ready to be thrown on the grill. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because you guys didn't do a good job today, we're going to have prime rib. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, and, and uh, what what have you heard from seminarians themselves uh, who have the opportunity to be a part of events like this? Uh, what have they told you about their experience of being able to just spend time in a setting like that with the people of the diocese? Oh, they, it's a great question. They absolutely love it. They love being among um, their future parishioners and um, you know interacting and getting to know them and and having them get to know them. And many of them later become pen pals and. And they received just amazing support. So it's, it's a great interaction for them and a great opportunity. And we are looking forward to those events unfolding in uh, the first two Mondays in June in Big Stone City and Pier, respectively. And uh, log on to the website, ccfesd.org slash events, to get more information about the charity fishing tournaments with Bishop Swain, Jan er, uh, Jan, thank you very much for, Vetrol, uh, thank you very much for being with us, and uh, uh, we wish you success in these upcoming events. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. Well, we look forward to having you back again with us. And uh, coming up next after this first break, what questions do you have about the faith or anything about the world around us? 877-795-0122. Get ready to give us a call for our Straight Talk segment. Later, we have a beautiful story about a woman who will share about her longtime career in nursing and helping to bring life into the world. That all and much more on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. You know, just to jump on that comment, too, of just having those responses of being able to defend the faith, you know, no matter who we talk to. I mean, there's so many people that just aren't really familiar with the church teaching. So to be able to clarify that and to be kind of the light of Christ in the world, to bring that actual truth, the the beauty, to actually bring that to people, I think has just made, you know, it's a different changer for both of us. 
And I think, um, as you talked about, just knowing the truth of the church. So even if you know what the church teaches, can you really make that argument and support it every day? Right, day in and day out. And that's been a big thing for me is having this resource that you can sit and listen and learn so much. A big thing for me was even as a healthcare provider, knowing what abortion is and how it works, listening on Real Presence Radio one day to somebody, a healthcare provider actually talking through step by step, what that goes through was just a game changer for me and as far as being able to vocalize that to other people so that they really understand what abortion is Mm -hmm. and why the church teaches what they teach we all appreciate the comforting things in life great food laughter celebrating mass together and friendships here at riverview we have all those things and more hi i'm carrie Dew, executive director with senior independent living apartments and our crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance it is the sense of community here that makes riverview home to all of us contact me carrie Dew, or kelly brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org you're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back, everyone, as we're coming to you from the Diocese of Fargo, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer hosting Real Presence Live today. And we just want to remind you that in case you're not able to catch us wherever you are, whether you're driving or uh, at home, at work, maybe out in, in the tractor, that uh, there are a lot of other opportunities to listen to podcasts of our broadcasts, uh, the three Real Presence Live shows that come up every week. Uh, just go to yourcatholicradiostation.com and uh, you can find that uh, you can find that link to download the podcasts. We also have encore presentations available for the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday programs on Saturday mornings from six to eight, eight to ten, and ten a.m. to noon Central Time, respectively. So, in case uh, you uh, are fighting a, a battle of insomnia early on a Saturday <laughs> morning, or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we look me, forward me. to having you tuning in and catching those programs if you miss them the first time we, around. We are good for some things, right, Father? <laughs> Absolutely, we are. Uh, Father Leffer and I have been talking about uh, this momentous time of year as we have ordinations and a lot of priest anniversaries, particularly ours, which are coming up. And uh, I wanted to just uh, visit about something before we begin the Straight Talk segment, which is coming up in a few minutes. And 877-795-0122 is the number to call. Also, uh, leave a question on our Facebook page for Real Presence Live. Now, the thing Father Gross wants to bring up, it happened twenty, a little more than 20 years ago, and it was so very important because it got us through the seminary. Certainly. I, I think people who know me well know that uh, uh, The Lion King is on a very short list of my all-time favorite movies. Well, Disney has gotten into live-action remakes of some of their classics. The Jungle Book was a couple of years ago, which I think is a different experience because the original was considerably older. But when you look at from The Little Mermaid through Beauty and the Beast, the the only animated uh, film to be nominated for a Best Picture Academy Award, various things like that, you know, the 90s was really a golden age for the second chapter of Disney animation. You know, as you talk about those original ones, and I don't, it's dating us here, but at that time, what was so incredible, so if you, if you start there, like, it was right around Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid to Beauty and Beast, technology changed. And I don't know if you, you recall this or not, but just the viewing experience transformed because the cartooning actually almost went from total cartoon to appearing to be real life. And I remember with Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and so forth, all of a sudden it felt 
like you're being drawn into this other virtual world. And this is before the Pixar, the CGI, you know, films with the Toy Story uh, series and various things like that. We're talking about a couple of films in particular that are being reimagined, you might say, with summer releases, live action versions of Aladdin and The Lion King. Uh, Aladdin, I think, is, is premiering tonight, and then The Lion King comes up later this summer. Now, Father Gross, you have some very kind of interesting insights on maybe the pluses or minuses of doing these remakes. How? How? Because you, yeah. I mean, this is in your heart. You're, I, I don't know if you or Father or Brian Herding together. Maybe to, I don't know who watched it more or whatever. But it's, I could walk by that lounge <laughs> and I on a Friday Saturday night I'd look in and there'd be the two of you and then and I'd get sucked in watching with you guys too. But so this is yeah. at, at your heart. What what are these kind of insights that you have about? Well, what I'm interesting to see is that for those of us who have such a clear memory of the in, initial theatrical release of those animated films, that when we go to see the live action ones. Um, it's almost a lose-lose situation in a sense. The, the, the cinematography, the bells and whistles have to be so dazzling in a sense where you say, wow, this is kind of sui generis. It's sort of a thing of its own. If they stay very much lockstep to the story as we know it from the primary, you know, uh, picture, then it might become sort of boring because it, it's almost formulaic. Okay, we know what's coming up next. However, if they decide to take some liberties with certain parts of the story, then those uh, particular scenes or turns of phrase that you really appreciated in the one completely disappear and then you know there might be a revolt on people's hands too i saw uh just a headline i wasn't able to read the actual review somebody was um expressing kind of disappointment over this latest aladdin they've already seen the live action one and they called it a tragic carpet ride so uh, <laughs> that's a little yeah yeah that's a little acerbic so i don't know uh you know if, if that's really called for but it's just going to be interesting for me to see because I am planning to to see both of these and to kind of figure out how they strike me. If it's a good idea to take these that really aren't that old, 25 to 30 years old, and to refashion them, or if Disney's thinking, well, so much of their demographic are millennials and kids who don't have the same experience that some of us, uh, you know, Gen Xers do. You know, you're bringing up you're bringing up such a, such a fascinating thing here because there's always that debate. You know, like if if you take a novel and you turn it into a, a movie and so forth, what? what so we're talking about medium, the medium of expression or media, especially the word, right? It's so mm -hmm, powerful. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about like The Lion King, for example. I myself have not seen it on Broadway. I know people who have seen it on Broadway. So they have that lived experience of the, the theater production. And, and so then that becomes their favorite version of all. You okay, know? For, for me, it's it's um, it's Les Mis. Like I was a passionate Les Mis, um, re read the book, powerful experience, but then the Fox Theater in St. Louis, which okay. is off-Broadway, but mm -hmm. it's larger than Broadway in a certain way. I saw that thing four times there. That It's in me. I hear just the thought of it right now is giving me chills. It's so powerful that experience of okay. the living word you, you experience and, and then less than 10 years ago there was that uh the, the motion picture version of lame is that came out too which, which, which is so funny i took a bunch of college kids to it they're blown away but they loved it i was disappointed because okay. it, it didn't meet the stand i was so disappointed by their ending 
Mm. It just, I was just like, oh, but the kids, they, cause they were younger, they didn't know. Yeah. For them, it was a powerful introduction mm-hmm. to this. And I'm like, no, 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 you gotta read the book and go, go to Broadway, you know? You know, Jim, Jim Biafkin has sort of a funny line where he talks about how snobbish people can be who say, well, I read the book and it was much better, you know, than the movie and stuff. He says, well, you may have read the book, but I only, it only took me two hours to watch the movie and now I can take a nap. So. Okay. No, 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 here's something. And I'll give an example of the other way. So, uh, I read the book, The, the Born Identity, which is, it was a novel. The they Robert Ludlum it, series. They turned it into the Jason Bourne. Now, what's so ironic about this, the Jason, those of us who love Jason Bourne movies, okay, the action type stuff or whatever, the, um, it's actually an example where the movies are, are better than the novel. Cause, well, in some, they didn't write all the, the movie, they developed it, but the technology, they, they took three weeks to do just a, a single fight scene. They, they, have, they have the greatest interaction scenes, car chases ever made, and for guys, mm-hmm. this is like eye candy, you know, we, we never get tired of watching it, we watch it over and over, because it hits something in that male thing that that is ourselves. Right, right. So Straight Talk is coming up in just a couple of minutes, and the number there is 877-795-0122. You can also log on on Facebook with your question. And uh, I think we should, just in the couple of minutes we have before we start taking calls, uh, talk about the fact that we have a milestone anniversary just right around the corner. Well, right. So you were talking about um, the Lion King and so forth. So in my mind, immediately, I'm like, well, that had to be 25. 26 years ago because that's it's 25 when, years ago this summer there we go and then aladdin was a couple of years prior to that right and that's because that's when we entered seminary and it was a key thing for us and and brian herding made sure that we never forgot it he would replay it whenever we were feeling down come on guys let's go watch the lion king you know we we didn't even have to watch it we could recite the lines to each other well what does that have to do with well you and i are, are brothers in the priesthood, right? And yes. uh, we're celebrating a milestone here. 20th anniversary coming up on June 5th, which is uh, for someone who's 100% German from Russia on the feast day of St. Boniface has added meaning as the uh, apostle to Germany. So we've been thinking back toward that time and the time that has come since. And uh, later in the hour, we'd love to be able to uh, share a couple of insights with you uh, about these past two decades of, of ministry and you know, there but for the grace of God go I, you know, when you look at uh, all of the different ups and downs and the fact that we still are where we are, it's really a, a phenomenal thing. You know, sacramentally, when you look at your life, when you look at your life, you know, these little sacramental moments, I always line them up with the specific dates. You mentioned June 5th here mm-hmm. of, of St. Boniface, you know. the um, I always go back and say, I think there's something bigger going on than just myself. Well, what what are those key moments? And the first one was when we entered seminary, we had to get our baptismal certificate. And, yeah. and I saw, well, I was so excited. When's my baptismal date? And I wanted to mm-hmm. see where, because everybody would talk like, oh, mine's on the Feast of St. Boniface or this or that. And I saw mine, I got so disappointed. It was November 1st, all saints because i'm like oh gosh i don't have a particular <laughs> saint or whatever. and then it struck me oh it took all the saints to to, to make not sure a I bad day to share right straight and narrow right <laughs> and here we go you know what that sound means it is time for us to take your questions and to see what we have to say about the things that are uh stirring up curiosity with you uh, in the promo, Father Leffer talked about how we are tickling your ears, and so we want to uh, tickle your mind, so to speak, as we answer questions on this Straight Talk segment of Real Presence Live. 877-795-0122 is the number, and the Facebook uh, page is another way to leave your questions with that. 
So we look at uh, the past 20 years. It was June 5th, 1999. And uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit uh, as we um, uh, as we prepare to take some calls here about some of the, the highs and lows of, of priestly ministry. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily the monumental sorts of things. But I guess I think back, uh, you and I, one thing we have in common is that we've been in several different assignments, you know, over the course of time, perhaps more than, you know, cer- certain other people because of various reasons. And that's that's not important. But, you know, you just think of the, the bonds that you've made with various families and that if you go back to a place where you served, even if it was for two or three years or so, and, uh, you know, today there is still a, a just a deep familial connection with some of these. And, and you have no idea who it's going to be when you first arrive. But by the time that you leave, you know those that you've had kind of a special personal bond and, and you can keep that going. Absolutely. I mean, you, they call us father for a reason and we, we literally experience being a father and they, they become our children to the point, you know, you're making me think that the very first time I was ever transferred as pastor. So as pastor being transferred to new assignment and, um, and I called Monsignor. I said, well, Monsignor, I've never been through this. How do you do it? And he kind of explained, well, this is how you announce it. And, you know, and, and it, it was a Saturday evening. And so normal time for announcements, had mass, mm-hmm. and I say the announcements, and I let him know, well, you know, got word here, I'm being transferred. And and, uh, and we had the closing song, and I persisted out, and I always greet people. And I stood there, and and nobody was coming out of the church. And I was just like, well, what's going on here? What's wrong? You know, and, and I was standing there, and, and I was scared. I'm nervous. You don't know what to expect. And and in the back pew was this this whole family was there. And, and part of my years in that assignment, they had all come into the church, and they were there. And, and finally, they got up, and they came out, and they, they just surrounded me, you know, and, and started. Next thing I knew, like, all the people came out, they just surrounded me and just... And we just started sobbing. You know, there's this this crying, this gut wrenching experience of, of, you know, leaving the ones that you love as 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 father and child. There's a profound experience that I I had no idea. I mean, and and it's amazing what comes out of you. I mean, because you sacrifice yourself as a spiritual father, you'd give your life for these people. You love them so dearly. You know, you, and and for them experiencing like their father being taken from them. So that as you mentioned that family experience that's one of those memories that just strikes me in these past 20 years yeah yeah definitely there have been those those experiences where you know it's going to be difficult to announce that uh you know god ultimately has a different plan especially if if we ourselves had been anticipating something different where we're going to be there for you know a a longer amount of time and then you know the bishop in the internal workings of things you know informs us that there's something you know that he needs for us to do so you know we can think about that as well and then you know there are there there are hardships that come along i think uh, with a lot of guys you know there um you know psychological things that happen there are certain stages in life where you know there's uh, some some isolation i think that's a hard thing for a lot of diocesan priests you know one thing and it's you and i share this we had one of our our dear friends father dave severson he was, yes. he was ordained with us and um you know he 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 was he was a great man and a great priest he really was and there's so many people he touched but he ran into personal difficulty mm-hmm. and it it started that downward spiral and and unfortunately it it ended in suicide and th- this has marked my life and 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 the whole thing in a very deep deep way um i bring that up not to be macabre or something but to just say you know father gross you know we're real people 
Mm-hmm. We're we're real men. We have real experiences, real life. Just uh, we're 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 sons of parents. We're brothers of uh, brothers and sisters. We're we're uncles. We're godfathers. Well, just like everybody else who's out there, we have. Uh, real, real needs and real things, and I, I just mention that to people uh, to say, like, you know, um, it, 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 it's necessary, I think, for people to, to remember that as like sometimes we take the priesthood for granted, or we just had reassignments, and now all the parishes are covered again, and people mm-hmm. are like, well, there's this magic priest factory where the priests come down from high, and we're covered, and. But no, it's a it's a real from right. the fabric of who we are as people. These we are not, yeah, we are not invincible, and uh, we, you know, we're as uh, wounded healers. You might say the uh, the popular phrase from Father Henry Nowen. I think of one of my favorite scripture passages from Chapter Four of Saint Paul's Second Letter to the Corinthians. We we hold this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing power comes from God and not from us. You know that we are fragile in and of ourselves, and so we can't just stand on our our own strength we need that strength of jesus to supply us you know and i mentioned this as just i don't know how it works for you but for me on, on a daily basis it's a it's a renewal recommitment every day lord here i am again um i give myself to you this day yeah. um this day let me be faithful let me be poured out as you desire help me in all my needs please bring the people into my life that will assist me and help me to be faithful. Yes, to be purposeful in our lives uh, every single day. 877-795-0122 is the number for Straight Talk. And we do have a, a caller on the phone here, Francis, calling in from Pizek, just down the road a piece. Uh, good morning, and welcome to Real Presence Live. Yeah, good morning. Uh, every Easter we read uh, or have passages from the book of Genesis, as far as God making the heavens and the earth and stuff. and. Right. Um, and we basically hear from science that everything came from a speck of dust and stuff like that, you know. And I think God made the heavens and the earth for curiosity of man, you know, the universe and stuff. But my question is, how did dinosaurs fit into this plan? Was it kind of an oops moment for God, or was it just for curiosity <laughs> for many? The Francis, that's that's an absolute great question. The um. And and I think I don't know about you, Father Gross, but when you're a little boy, one of the very first things that you get excited about is dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. plus, we live in North Dakota. North Dakota used to be a tropical forest with all kinds of incredible dinosaurs right. walking around. And we just up yep. in Wahala and all over, we have all these fossils. And, and if you're driving through Dickinson in western North Dakota, stop in in the museum and see the dinosaur uh, skeleton remains that they have there. And, 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 and every day they, they discover new and incredible um, mm-hmm. fossils of dinosaurs that we can't even imagine. And now to, to put that in, in a in a lived experience, like if there's anybody who's ever... Uh, seen a coral reef or been a part of a coral reef. I had that experience once, and you go and you you, you see this coral reef, and you can't. Believe, I mean, you just get blown away. Like, who thought up all these creatures? Where did they come from? How? Right. If you gave me a whole lifetime, I couldn't name them all. Mm-hmm. There's so many incredible creatures and things. So, so Francis, these dinosaurs, these creatures, they're very intentional. They were intentional on God's part. They're definitely part of His His creation and His design. And I and I think what you're saying there is is really true like for the glory of man i mean not Mm -hmm. just for the glory of god but also for the for the glory of man Mm -hmm. and then i think people you know because something happened in our past where they got wiped out some some event some cosmic event happened and but we know they existed we know they're real actually just a couple weeks ago in china they found this um this frozen 
fossil of uh, it's a horse type creature. They found they they extracted real blood. They're going to try to clone it and bring it back to life. My goodness. Fascinating stuff. Talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the point is we know they're real. We know they existed. Um, and and it, it it all fits in that story yeah. of God's creation. Right. As as for the book of Genesis, I think one thing we need to remember uh, during the salvation history in Old Testament times, it was popularly posited that Moses was the author of the book of Genesis. We can't definitively say so. The the point being that it's not as though there was somebody sitting on the hillside watching as the various days of creation were unfolding. So it's not like a journalist uh, reporting a story for the news, that sort of thing. And um, you know, it's a theological revelation to who else, whoever ends up being the um, the uh, you know the final author of the book of Genesis. And it's not as though that person is in a position to give a comprehensive scientific you know account. And so there are questions within the bailiwick of religion uh, by whom you know, like what's the origin and why, out of love, not out of compulsion by anyone else. And then we rely on science to help us with the questions of what happened and when and those things are meant to cooperate together and not to be in conflict so one of the things father gross brings up that it's a it's it's a theological understanding and so here i would encourage our listeners please go to the the genesis one to the first chapters of genesis and read there and 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 we're, we're always to put on the mind of christ or put on the mind of god and if you look there, what you're going to discover in those days of creation, the very overarching, most important thing to see, the first three days of creation, he created what's called a dome, or the actually the word is temple, a temple of light and darkness. He created a temple of the water above, a temple of the water below, and the temple of the land. And then you look at days four, five, and six, he now goes, what's a temple for? It's for worship, and it shows us who God is. You look at you looked at day four, and now it talks about the creation of the sun, the moon, the stars, because they go in the temple of light and darkness. And the talks, ornamentation thereof. It, you're yeah. right. Who goes into this temple to worship God by doing what it was created to do? You look at the water above, and it talks about the, the, the birds of the sky um, worshiping God. The water below, all the, all the creatures there, the, the swimming creatures there, and what are they doing? Mm -hmm. They're worshiping God by doing what he created them to do. You look at the land, and now suddenly here comes all the animals, the creatures, the creepy crawly things, the, the dinosaurs, and man. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to talk about the, the temple of the garden, and man worships God in the temple of the garden by doing the work he designed to do, and the temple of the woman, mm -hmm. and the nine months of the baby in the womb that worships God by doing the liturgy of gestation mm -hmm. and growth. So there's the theological thing, and that's, yeah. that's the overarching important thing. But it still doesn't undermine the fact that God created these creatures for, for his glory, for our awe, mm -hmm. and, and so forth. Right. So uh, hopefully that sheds some light on the question. Uh, thanks so much for calling. Do we, do we still have Francis with us? Uh, yeah. Okay. Appreciate thank that. you. Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you so much for calling, and uh, enjoy the rest okay. of your day. Thank you. Very you good. Too. Alrighty. Now we have another question, Father Leffer, that came in, and I want to just uh, address this briefly here. With Father's Day coming up, do you have any recommendations for good Catholic books for fathers of daughters? We were speaking uh, briefly before the show began about maybe looking at what's on your bookshelf, various things that we're, that we're looking to read. Uh, there are a couple of ideas that I have. One that's not necessarily specific for fathers of daughters, but I'm really looking forward to diving into. I just ordered a book. I, I don't know 
know how recently it's been put out, but it's from a, a pretty prominent Catholic author, Dr. Peter Kraft from uh, Boston College, and it's entitled 40 Reasons Why I Am a Catholic. And it's one of these list books where each chapter is one of the reasons, and it's maybe two, three, four pages in length. So I'm looking forward to grabbing that when I have like 15, 20 minutes here and there, and you don't think, well, you know, does it even pay to dive into this? Because then you're setting it down right away. You feel like it can, you know, chip away at that. Um, there's another author that I have in mind. I, I don't believe he's Catholic, but I remember Bishop Aquila first, uh, um, I think, giving us a gift of a book of his at Christmas, uh, a gentleman by the name of John Eldridge, E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E, who speaks a lot about um, the virtues of fatherhood. Um, Fathered by God, I believe, is one uh, you know prominent book, and then he addresses that issue from several different angles. So that is one author that I would heartily recommend to, to look at, too. Okay, thanks, because you've given me a little time to think about this question. Okay, so the specific thing is Father's Day, books for fathers of daughters. Okay, here's a recent situation I was in. I was with this really good Catholic family, and they were there, and they were so excited because they're reading to their children, who are like four, um, four or three, and two or whatever, and they were they were reading Harry Potter books for children. And, and so I looked at them, and they were so excited because the kids were really getting into this and so forth, and I thought... And I challenged them. I said, you know what? I said, I'm not completely opposed to this word, but these are the most formative moments of your life. I said, uh, why not turn to something like The Hobbit or the trilogy for children or something where it's specific Christian themes instead of this kind of magic world or whatever, mm-hmm. especially at the formative years. And then maybe later when they're older, with your guidance, you know, because the, the problem with the Harry Potter books is they're so well written, you get sucked into that. And, and, and mm-hmm. it really is not... Christian thing things. Yeah, okay. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, right. authors like okay, that. Okay, so now here in this question about fathers for daughters, it's not telling us specifically their age, right? So I, I would say well, let's hit a couple age categories, right? Okay. So you have the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. Um, um, th- that would be a, a great one that could be put up there. And, and, and I would encourage fathers reading to their daughters, right? Father, fathers reading. Any of the Okay, there's numerous uh, princess stories, okay, that, that are Catholic-themed, that you can, you can take and really see the, the Christian themes are in there. And again, a, a, a man, the father, reading to their daughter and then letting the daughter speak to you, use their imagination. It's very important, those relational things, to come at that, those formative years. Right. Uh, if, if we hop later... Um, things like uh, Kristalina Everett is coming to my mind and Jason Kristalina Everett for when you hit more of that kind of puberty age or the, mm-hmm. the, the dating age, things like that. The, um, some of the theology of the body, there's such great resources out there right. for teens or um, uh, mm-hmm. th- those specific areas, especially when it comes now to, to dating and, mm-hmm. and, and these kind of things. So. Yeah, this one has been out for a while, but I believe his name was Joshua Harris. It was called Boy Meets Girl uh, about... Um, you know, uh, preserving chastity within, you know, relationships, especially for, you know, adolescents and teens and, and things like that. And, and I would say, um, I mean, personally, it's, it's like the, um, if you go to BethlehemBooks.com, BethlehemBooks.com, every, they are loaded with resources for, uh, for, for children, for, for boys, for girls, for, in, in there they have like, um, My Heart Lies South. That was a, it's a tremendous, a true story, mm. um, uh, about, uh, Hispanic culture and the American culture coming together. Powerful story. They, they have so many titles there specifically for young girls, for teenage girls, where, and they'd be so awesome for, for, again, dads 
to share with their girls and and to read and and there's there's such christian themed things so a lot of this has to do kind of like the the hero and the maiden and all these and what's so important about the literature you you expose them to that there's a clear distinction between good and evil and the relationship of good and evil and the the and relationship and the the crisis that comes in and in overcoming that or how good and evil work together but you always tell a good christian themed book because good triumphs over evil in the end and there's always a, a message of hope Mm-hmm. you know, at at the end of that literature. You know, I think also about how, um, and, and I just want to clarify that in the recommendations that we're giving, we're not wanting to, you know, slam the young adult fiction and stuff that's most prevalent with J.K. Rowling. And because about 15 years ago, there was a lot of controversy and hubbub about what is the place of the Harry Potter series within, a, you know, a faithful Catholic's life and all the rest of that. We're not claiming that there isn't literary value there, but whenever you take the things that are right on the front of the shelf from Barnes and Noble or whatever, you you don't know whether or not there's going to be a relativistic tone to it. So let's say if they're working in things like, you know, witches and sorcerers and stuff like that, there may be a, a principle to do good and to not do evil, but there's something essential in their nature that is a cult, you know, where it's kind of, um, uh, you know, it's flaunting the teachings of, uh, you know, the the Decalogue and, you know, the First Commandment particularly. So it's almost as if that's unnecessarily sowing discord, especially in the hearts of very young, impressionable people. So that, that's something that I And that's why, address. you know, I throw out resources like BethlehemBooks.com. You can you can go onto that website and you can, you can just close your eyes and took any book randomly and you'll be guaranteed it's going to be a good story it's going to be well written and it's going to be exciting and your kids are going to love it they're going to love it yeah. and and they're going to be they might not be overtly about mm-hmm. Christ but they have those Christian themes and and it'll give you so much to talk about mm-hmm. and to relate with your children in them. It, it's about being industrious and looking for those sources rather than to just settle for what's easiest right. or within <clears throat> closest reach in the shelf because so again speak. coming back to your point father gross like those Harry Potter books are and movies are popular. Why? Because they are so well written. See, they are so well written. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And you talk to any kid who starts reading them, they they can't. They just get sucked in. They can't get out of them. They they right. love it. It mm-hmm. captures their imagination. And yeah. and so the question is, well, what is it that you want floating through your imagination? Do you want the Christian themes or the world of magic? You know. And, mm-hmm. and again, like you said, there's redeeming qualities about these things. But you just yeah. as a parent, you. You want to be in it with your children. Yes, yes. That's an ultimate point that we want to leave. We've got about 10 minutes left in this Straight Talk segment. And uh, time for uh, a couple of more calls if people are still uh, anxious to chime in. 877-795-0122. There is a question that has been submitted to us here, uh, Father Leffer. What is the difference between being an apostle and a disciple when it comes to the new evangelization? I think it might be largely a question of terminology. And uh, second, question what are your thoughts on lifelong learning and our catholic faith we could probably take up the whole rest of the show on that one alone okay well let's jump in here and do some basic definition first and then we'll we'll hit the thing like terms are so important so a disciple literally comes from the word of discipline it means to be schooled or educated literally see the image of yourself sitting at somebody's feet receiving what they have to teach you and letting it form you and and you're giving your will and your intellect to say I'm coming under this discipline or this, this mm-hmm. discipling. 
uh, every apostle is a disciple. Not every disciple is an apostle. Exactly. Yes. Look at those categories. And, and the word apostle literally means to be sent, like a missile. You're being sent on a mission. That's what literally it means to be an envoy or ambassador for Christ. Right. And mm-hmm. so then, and let's take the word evangelization because this is so important. Um, you have these words like evangelization and catechesis. So evangelization, you see in there the word angel, which means announcement. It means in Greek, it means the good announcement. This is literally what it is. The good announcement is there is a God. He sent his son. His son dies for us and, and, and saves us and redeems us. So to be evangelized means you come to believe there is a God. He sent his son. He's my savior. And uh, I'm in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. That word catechesis literally means the voice or the echo. It means that you've been now disciplined under evangelization into the teachings of Christ. And so if somebody hears you, they're hearing Christ. So if you're catechized, you literally sound like Christ or look like him or, or act like him. Okay. Right. Then this whole thing about new evangelization. Okay. There's a little history on this, actually. So this term actually goes back to the old continent of Europe. And when they discovered America, originally the new evangelization meant the sending of missionaries to the new world. It was mm-hmm. the new evangelization. In, in the modern day now, like today, Pope John Paul II and Paul VI as well spoke about new evangelization in the sense of we need to go to the Christians themselves and we need to get them to be stir the spirit into flame we have those who are baptized are they evangelized have they met the lord jesus in a personal way are they catechized do they know his teachings you know we have these different categories you could be evangelized but not baptized you could be baptized and not evangelized right Mm -hmm. so the point was to have a living body of christ where the holy spirit is alive in the body bringing forth life so Mm -hmm. the new evangelization in a sense was Okay, taking the gospel to those who are Christians and having having being made new again in 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 our faith. Right. You know, and I think that when we talk about evangelization, it's a a, a lifelong uh, discipline, you might say, also in terms of being a disciple, being willing to continue to learn um, so that uh, that that hunger and that curiosity is stirred up through our life of prayer, through paying attention to the great things that are available to us. Basically, you don't want to just, you know, sit on something that you uh, discovered once upon a time and then count on that, you know, taking you in a sense through your whole life without uh, following up and and learning about it. Neither is it an identity sort of thing. Well, you know, I have an Irish last name and my parents and grandparents did this, that, and the other thing. And so that, yeah, well, you know, as important as that heritage is, you are in the generation, you know, the generation that you're in needs to supply uh, activity of its own uh, for the benefit of those who come after you too. And I think like any any love relationship, because ultimately that's what evangelization is. You fall in love with Jesus. You know, um, any love relationship, you don't, what was good today isn't necessarily good tomorrow in the sense of there's always a deeper relationship that you're called to. There, there's always a new level. You, you never exhaust knowing the one that you love there's always some new th- i mean i talked to people this summer we have like i think like 360 uh marriage 60 year marriage anniversary celebrating mm-hmm. our parish in mm-hmm. a couple of 50s and 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 you speak to these couples it's not like they've discovered everything. just the other night there's a man who's coming they're celebrating their 60th he they're they're from amsterdam and i saw the picture of them they're just this gorgeous couple from 60 years ago you know kind of and, and here he is is you know he's older now and this farmer he's worked hard his whole life or whatever 
but to stand there and, and talk to him, I, I got him talking to me. He spoke as if it was the day they were getting married. You should have seen his twinkle in his eye and how, and then I got him talking about now and how, and that twinkle was just like, you could tell he was excited to go home and see his wife after 60 years because there's something there. There's yeah. something more. He hasn't he hasn't solved the mystery. He hasn't completely. His bride is it. always his beloved. And that's mm -hmm. that's talk about evangelization. That it's the same thing. Like there's always I mean, how many cycles have we gone through in twenty years now of the gospels, right? Yeah. But every time we come on the same passage, like right now we're doing the farewell passages here before Christ descends. The Last the Supper discourses. Yes. You can never exhaust them. Every time you come to them, there's something new. The Word of God is alive, it's living, and there's always some new thing that's, that's waiting to surprise you. As we uh, go back, let's just kind of loop back for a little bit to a previous question that we had uh, when it comes to uh, books and information to pass on for fathers on Father's Day. Uh, we have Karen calling in from Bismarck. Good morning, Karen. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, can you hear me? We can just fine, and you have some recommendations okay, to share great. with our listeners. I, uh, I I do. It's Karen in Bismarck, and I'm a librarian, but I do and I do a lot of reading. But I listen a lot to Teresa Tamio, and she's had Dr. Meg Meeker on several times, who wrote, writes books and books, lots of books. She's a pediatrician. She's written Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. She's also written Strong Mothers, Strong Sons. Dr. Meg Meeker, yes, mm -hmm. Dr. Meg on the Catholic Meeker, Connection she's a program. Pediatrician. Right, right, right. And the, and Teresa Tommy is a good author, too. She wrote a book about noise that's really good, too. <laughs> so, anyway, that's why I wanted to let you guys know, and you guys have a great day. Thanks for being there. Thank you, Karin. Great to hear from you. So those are some examples that we could add, too. And just keep in mind, our programming on Real Presence Radio features the best of the best when it comes to authors and experts in you know numerous fields that intertwine with uh, uh, Catholicism to be able to share their wisdom with the rest of us. That's that's right. That's right. And, um, well, so how about uh, Father's Day is coming up here? Is this, is this something that's important in your parish? Uh, well, you know, we will offer a blessing for fathers, and uh, what we've been thinking about, and, and maybe it's more of an issue with Mother's Day, you know, we do a blessing prayer for mothers at the end of the petitions, but we had a discussion about this, you know, do you want the mothers to stay standing and everybody else to be seated, or is it going to be something that causes anguish for women who have had a miscarriage or things like that? So what we do is we, you know, we have everybody remain standing, we pray the prayer for the mothers, and we'll do the same thing for the fathers. Let's give them, let's show them our appreciation yay you know that sort of thing <laughs> then we sit down and continue on with the offertory and, and and i believe that this is a way for us to uh maintain a proper sensitivity toward everyone in the pews you know, I, I think you're exactly right i've dealt with that myself and we do the exact same thing stand up and i always say have um mothers please bow your heads see so we're all standing and then then i let them decide right because you touch on those issues like how do you define motherhood and so forth and mm -hmm. and those to receive the blessing and, and i and everybody else is there standing with them to to hold them up yeah and i do one last thing on the father day mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. I, I don't know that we can really encourage fatherhood enough nowadays yeah. in our culture our society so doing something to acknowledge them is very important not, not just at mass or on that right. day 
in general across the board at every level. Both of us have been blessed with wonderful dads who we still have with us. In fact, when we hosted the live drive, your um, your your father was here in studio with us, and it was great to be able to see Papa Leffer again. So, yeah, I mean, we speak from a wonderful experience, yes. you know, of uh, the ways in which our fathers have uh, uh, modeled uh, the love of Christ and, you know, participated in that uh, St. Joseph uh, dimension in living out their lives. So thank you very much for everyone who participated in our uh, Straight Talk segment today. Uh, just a reminder that uh, that number is 877-795-0122. We invite you to have that handy. Also, this segment appears on Real Presence Live every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Uh, we're going to launch into the second hour of our program just after this break. Up next, Carolyn Siebels will share her beautiful story of working with the smallest of children. And later on in the show, we'll hear about the fun events going on in the area during our celebrated 10-minute tour. We'll be coming right back shortly as Real Presence Live continues. <music> 